just a couple quick announcements. Um, so, so everybody knows we're going to actually do a little bit of a panel discussion on revival. I'm going to ask very difficult questions. See what we get out of these panelists here. And then we're going to hop into another worship set led by Pastor Eric. Pastor Eric and team is going to do... So we're going to do this for maybe... I don't know. How long did I say? I can't remember what I even committed to. Till about 8.15. So about the next half hour, we'll do a little panel discussion. And then we have Pastor Eric and the Trinity team. We are going to worship for a whole other 45 minutes or an hour or so. And then Ken and Holly on the end here are going to be doing uh, personal prophetic ministry. So stick around, and uh, I know you will be blessed. Two quick announcements. By the way, nice to see some visitors here. If it's your first time, can you put your hand up? First time here? Welcome. Welcome to the coolest house of prayer in central Illinois. I think it's the only one, but it is the coolest. We love Jesus. We've got a, the youngest disciple in the house, totally devoted at uh, four months old, five months now, and he is on a milk fast. That's how devoted he is to the Lord. He said, Mom and Dad, I just, I'm just going to do milk for, and he's just been doing that. Okay, I got to stop telling that joke. When you're a dad, you get good at dad jokes, and you know they're good when no one laughs. Okay. Yeah, other dads are like, I totally relate. Yes, totally. Come on, dude. Right there. Bam. Mm. That's my man. Okay, so two quick announcements. Number one, uh, one of the things we highly value here at House of Prayer is men's and women's discipleship. The way we do that is just once a month we get in small groups as guys and gals and we just talk about the word and we challenge each other. So this month's discipleship is actually tomorrow night for the women. So if you're a young lady and you want to meet in a smaller group with my lovely and wise and beautiful wife, will you be my Valentine? Okay, thank you. All right, she puts up with me so well. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. Thanks for coming out on a holiday when you could be on a a hot date. You just came to spend it with Jesus and have the date tomorrow or the next day. Come on, this is Curtis's hot date. You are sold out, bro. Come on. You are sold out. All right, so tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, meet right here in this building, and uh, Mandy and a few other ladies and anybody else who wants to be here. So that's always the third Saturday of the month is Women's Discipleship. First Saturday of the month is Guys. Rosh and I kind of have, we've been just me and him for a couple weeks. We're hoping for a fresh batch of dudes that can handle the heat. But I like it when it's just me and you. All right. And then also, I want to make a plug. Um, We as a ministry, our finances just ebb and flow. Um, And so I I always like to make a plug uh, for the the donation. Uh, If you could, um, that's the only way we can keep this building open and events like this going and everything we do, morning prayer, evening prayer. We are totally by private donation. Um, I like to say this every once in a while because uh, I feel like I I do too many plugs. But but the reality is we just we got to keep going as a ministry. But because we're a non traditional ministry, we don't receive tithes. So everything we receive is above and beyond people's tithes. So all of you who give, it's already beyond what you're giving to your church. And I really want it to stay that way. I don't want you to view this ministry as a local church. I want you to tithe to your local church, but that presents a difficulty for us. We just don't have really many tithers. Uh, We just have a bunch of people that give above and beyond. So number one, thank you to all of those who give above and beyond to help us, Um, but also just want to make that known. Um, And we have uh, been in kind of a pretty tight spot the last couple of months. So if you would consider a generous gift tonight, I'd, I'd so appreciate that. Um, you can put checks or cash or whatever. There's black boxes out uh, on the way out, or you can go to our website. Again, uh, 
The hardest thing I do is say that every time I say that, but the reality is it's just the, it's the way that we are going to continue going as a ministry and uh, so appreciate those who are able to sow into what God's doing here. Okay, let me pray, and then we're going to have Zeke start with his thoughts because he's been on a long fast. Um, Lord, we are here for you, Jesus, and I'm just grateful for... This last hour of worship, Lord, I'm grateful for what um, is going to be brought to focus during this panel. And Holy Spirit, I just simply ask that you direct us, give us your heart, give us ears to hear. Lord, I thank you that everybody up here has a different perspective and, and, and piece of the puzzle of what you're saying and doing. Lord, your word says we all hear in part. And so we're just asking for... Uh, it's an edifying discussion that would uh, lead us to further clarity on what you're saying right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we, a few weeks ago, announced we want to do a revival night, so here we be. And one of the questions that's been percolating on my heart is, what are we expecting when we say, Revival. What are we really believing for when we say revival? And what are we not believing for? What are we saying revival is and what are we saying it is not? I think that's important as we uh, preach and sing and write and blog and talk about revival. It's good to just reconnect again and again. What are we even reaching for? And, And so I think it's worth just hearing from some of these leaders up here uh, what's on your heart. And so maybe I'll just uh, start with my beloved wife here. Um, Maybe you have some thoughts already. Um, And I'll take Zeke once I give you the mic. I don't know if that's going to be a good thing, but just share your heart. You know, we got to keep this kind of to a minute or two each and then maybe go a second round. But what's revival to you? Mandy, what's it not? Um, just share your thoughts. Okay. And I got, oh yeah, chunky boy. All right, so just being a cardiac nurse, the word revival, I think of the word revive. And when you revive someone, you bring that person back from the dead. And, you know, I've been in rooms where me and a team of people have been trying to arrive someone back to life. And it's a very obviously intense moment, but you're doing CPR. You get out the AED and you defibrillate the, the patient, and, which provides you know, this electricity to the heart. And it's so amazing when they do come back. You know? It's such a cool experience. But I just look at Jesus you know, as that great physician, as the one that has that AED, and he can apply it to our hearts. And I feel like sometimes we don't even know like, that we're in a lethal arrhythmia and we might need to be shocked. And we need the Lord to apply those paddles to our hearts to shock out the apathy, the indifference, whatever we're going through. I think that we just need that, that fresh like awakening. And uh, I heard Litter and Ravenhill say this before. He says, in, in revival, the Lord is not concerned about filling empty churches he is concerned about filling empty hearts. And I think revival obviously starts in your own heart. And I love like the stadium Christianity and in Brazil there's there wasn't just one or two stadiums filled this past weekend week weekend or something. There was three stadiums filled with thousands and thousands of people worshiping Jesus. And like that is revival, that is amazing. But if your heart isn't alive in the first place, you can be in the room of a million people and not experience it, you know? So I always think of revival obviously starts in your own heart. And just asking God, like, how, like, please, Lord, revive me, like, where I am indifferent or I don't have hunger anymore. Because it's easy for our hearts to grow cold. Like, we have to be intentional. We have to be intentional with our relationship with the Lord. Like, we have to get up in the morning when it's hard. We need to press through when we want to do something else besides read the Bible. But we just need to continue to have that fire on the inside. And I'm just going to share a quick scripture.
just when I was thinking about like, like, Lord, like I want to have a heart that's ripe for revival. You know, uh, I came to Isaiah 57, 15, for thus does the high and lofty one who inhabits eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him who has a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the hearts of the contrite ones. And I love that because the Lord is saying, I'm going to revive. There's two types of hearts that he will revive. It's the heart or the spirit of the humble and the heart of the contrite ones. So we need to have humble hearts, contrite hearts, hearts that have a repentant like attitude and, and, uh, and that see ourselves the way God sees us, not too high, not too low. We need to have these hearts so that we can be revived on the inside. And when we are revived, then that's when that fire will burn and that's when the fire will spread to other people because they're going to see that fire in you and they're, they're going to want that, you know? And so I, so basically my, my whole takeaway here is just, it starts with us. Like, let's, like, I was just praying back there, like, Lord, like I want that humble heart where you can revive me. I want to have a contrite heart. And so like, let's pray that tonight, guys, that our hearts would be ripe for revival. Um, and then, then therefore like the whole, this whole city will turn to Jesus and hey, pray that over us real quick. Okay. All right, God, we just come before you and we just ask that you would truly give us hearts that are contrite and humble, that you would um, cause us to see the way you see us, that we would have repentant hearts, Lord, and just that you would change us, Jesus. We just repent of apathy. We, we repent of where we have just an indifference in our hearts, God. And over time, we might have um, just our, our fire, our love for you might have grown cold, Lord. And we just ask that you would, Jesus, breathe the fire of God in our hearts, Pour out love over us tonight, God. We want to be awake on the inside. Would you awaken us, oh God, to understanding you? Would you awaken us to loving people in a fresh way, God? We want a great awakening on the inside. Would you do that, God? And in return, God, we ask for an awakening over this city, over this region. We believe that Peoria, Illinois, you have something special for this region. We ask for a great awakening in the name of Jesus. We thank you for what you're doing. Would you release your spirit, God, over this city? in a greater way, God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Come on. We're going to go right to you, Jared. Uh, what's, what's revival to you? What's it not? Um, and uh, just your heart on the matter. Uh, so the Lord's been speaking to me a lot um, lately about uh, refinement, sanctification, uh, just the power of, of his uh, refining spirit in our own lives. And uh, I think that's so appropriate for not only um, us personally, but this this region. Um, so it, for those of you who have you know been around the House of Prayer, um, heard Nancy Schneider share it all or Karen Lewis share it all, um, Karen especially has shared a lot about the history of Peoria, stuff that I never knew. Um, I'm not from the city of Peoria, but been around the area my entire life. And the history of the city and like what it used to be is incredible. Um, the wealth that was in this city, the um, just the the influence that this city had uh, was so incredible. And, and growing up in this area, um, I'm 31, uh, all I have known of this city is um, it's it's Caterpillar Land and OSF, and um, and then there's rampant homelessness and poverty and crime and brokenness, um, and so there's just this shadow that's kind of just been lingering over the city. It seems like for like all of my life, that's all I've known, um, and we've just kind of become complacent with it, in my opinion. Um, and so to me, uh, what revival is going to look like is restoration. Um, it's going to be restoring Peoria and the region to its former glory. Um, and not necessarily in the sense of the worldly uh, sense of glory, but uh, I think there is going to be um, a light that shines out of, of Peoria, and it, and it will be in the form of, of wealth and prosperity and um, and, and 
goodness in, in the in the social context uh, of reducing poverty and homelessness and crime and all of that stuff and surrounding areas are going to be looking to Peoria for what are they doing? What is changing in this city that is that is reversing um, this degradation that's been taking place over the past several decades? Um, and so, to me, that's what it looks like um, as we were worshiping. Uh, I just got this picture of the city uh, all of a sudden was on fire. I was like, oh, crap, we just set the city on fire. Um, somebody check outside. Uh, and, then I, and then I realized that as we're, uh, as we're watching this uh, burn, it's not burning. It's, it's, the burning, it's like a, a symbol of the burning bush. Um, and what's happening is as these flames go up, the, the charredness goes away. I saw this blackness just kind of like lift off the city, and all of a sudden it was like gleaming, like this this shiny metal, um, which is like the exact, uh, you know, when when the word gives examples of a refiner's fire, it's talking about burning off all the impurities in a metal that you have to get so so hot for all of the junk to burn off of it and rise up rise up to the top, and then. Um, the what is it? A metal worker, a blacksmith. Yeah. They scrape that off, and what's left is this shimmering surface that you can see, like your reflection in. Um, and so that's that's what I see. Um, just briefly, I guess what I don't see, uh, or what I don't want it to become, is uh, a bunch of people talking about revival and not doing anything. Um, I don't want th- that. I mean, that's my personal conviction. I'm not saying that for. That's true for anyone that I've ever seen or heard around here. I'm just saying that's what I don't want it to become for me. I don't want my heart to become complacent where I'm just like, yeah, revival. And that's a fun like word that we can say, but I'm not out doing anything. Um, so I want us to be men and women of action. And uh, so, yeah, that's what I see. That's really good. I say let's go first to your better half, and then we'll come over and raise this, this is my better half. Uh, hi, um, I I'll be pretty brief. Um, were her final last words, but I believe for me, like I I really believe that revival looks like family. Since like last October, um, that I really felt like this um, desire to bring my kids in. Like I kept hearing, like, just bring your kids in, bring them in, bring them in. And at first I thought that meant like, oh, no, I have to homeschool my kids. Uh, That's not a desire of mine. That's just not my personality. But I thought that, like, that was something he was telling me to do. And I was like, Lord, no, I don't want to do it. Um, That's what I said. Um, (laughs) I... But what I felt like instead, and and it's really cool the timing, how the Lord brings things together, but... um, I was more so like the Lord's like, you need to take a little bit more responsibility, Julie, in in leading your family in like the home revival. What does it look like to raise kids who are on fire? What does it look like to raise kids who are not complacent? And and just by that, I mean like understanding that there's so much more um, to raising my family than just saying your dinner prayers and saying your evening prayers like and I don't even like that like saying prayers like it's like it needs to be something you breathe in and you breathe out like the Lord is that close to you that it's like anything any any question you have any ponderings you have you always have to take it back to the Lord and ask him what he is saying back to you and so for me like in the season that I'm in, I've got four kids under seven. I'm just like, Lord, show me what it means to really teach my children what like a family revival looks like. Bring them in, bring them close. We're going to hopefully go and pray over Nancy Schneider next weekend or next Wednesday, believing for her healing. Like I want my kids to see the glory of God and being very intentional with um, what that looks like. And I, I know we're, they're not here tonight, but bringing them in into everything that we're doing. So as a mama, that's what it looks like for me. Okay. So I would say that um, for me, revival is now. It's right now. Um, It's not in the future. 
um, Jesus said it was finished, and so he gave his disciples every key. He gave us everything that we needed when he gave us the Holy Spirit to continue this work. Um, he said that my disciples will lay hands on the sick, they'll cast out devils, they will uh, raise the dead, and they'll cure leprosy. And so um, a couple of years ago, Three years ago in January, um, I was just pressing in, Lord, there's more of you. I know there's more of you. And um, I was just sick of the complacency that was on me. Um, and I wanted more of him. So I went to the altar, and um, no one had made an altar call. I just went up there and was praying and like crying out more, 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 Lord. I need more of you. Someone I didn't know came up to me, one of the crazies. She was shaking <laughs> and just shaking my arm. And I just looked at her and thought, well, I didn't ask anybody to come pray. <laughs> and the Lord said, will you focus on him because I'm actually speaking something over you right now. And um, she started saying to me, you are going to walk on water this year. And I thought, walk on water? What does that mean? Um, and so I just kind of held that in my heart. And it was a, a couple of months later, the Lord was doing some things to my husband as well at that time. And um, somebody just sent us a Todd White video, and we watched it for three days straight. I don't remember how we fed our kids. I don't remember, how, like, I don't remember any part of those days except that we were just like sitting in the presence of the Holy Spirit in front of YouTube videos. And the Holy Spirit um, was really convicting us on um, our lack of surrender. And what the Holy Spirit was saying was, you've been a Christian for me up to this point. It's just, you know, make sure you go to church and make sure that you follow various Christian rules and make sure that you attend small group and read your Bible and pray, you know. But um, there was places of our hearts that weren't surrendered. And so we just got on our faces. We were just on the carpet for those three days and just saying, like, Lord, um, just we repent. And we, we just spent time just saying, we surrender, Lord. We surrender every single place of our heart, every part of our heart. And um, we just... It, uh, like maybe a month after that, I was in the gym working out, and the Lord said, today is the day. And um, I went over to a woman, and she had a cane, and I asked if I could pray for her, and she said, oh, sure, honey, you know, I'm a Christian, you go ahead and pray. And I thought, whew, okay, that was good. And then the Lord showed me this big, big guy, big guy who's lifting weights and everything, had neck tattoos, and he said, you go back, and you, over, you go over to tell him, he's my son, and he's far away from me, and I want him back home. And I was like, uh, I don't want to do that. But it just got stronger and stronger. And so I went over and told him. And then I went to the, to, like, I have to leave now, Jesus. i got to get out of here. <laughs> I'm going to get my coat in the locker room. Um, and the Lord said, knees. And there was a woman sitting on the bench packing up her bag. And I said, um, hey, how are you doing? And she said, well, um, I was actually in a car accident. And it was my first time back at the gym. And my back was messed up, but it got healed. The only thing that I have left is just my knees. And I said, well, today Jesus wants to heal your niece. And so I got to pray with her, and that just led us on this journey where various places that we are at, the Holy Spirit just started nudging us to love on people today, right now, wherever we're at. And there has been moments where um, I haven't wanted to leave my house. There's been moments I've had to press through um, things in my heart that are, you know, things that the enemy has tried to, um, you know, push me back on and push me down, but just to get in the secret place of the Lord and really let the gospel change my heart like every other person on this panel has been talking about. Let the gospel get so real to my heart that I'm a new creation, that I live out of the new creation, that I live in the new man, that I live in the righteousness of God, that I let his love come and heal every part of my heart and that I think like him. Um, and then one more thing, <laughs> real quick, is um, talking about mother's hearts. Mandy was talking about mother's hearts and... Um, you're talking about father's hearts. Lou Engel was talking about the revival in the 70s where everybody was out doing this Jesus movement where you couldn't go to a grocery store without somebody witnessing to you. You couldn't go to the car wash without somebody witnessing to you. You couldn't get gas without somebody witnessing to you. And he said, Lord, how did that start? There was no prayer movement before that. Every other major revival we've had, we've always had a prayer movement before that. And he said, I want to show you the prayer movement, Lou. It was the mothers. It was the mothers who were, who were crying out over their children in the 60s and that whole time where there was just all the chaos in the land and the enemy came after the children, the mothers got into their prayer closets and they didn't let go until the enemy retreated and until the kingdom came on earth. So I just want to encourage the mothers and the fathers in this place to get in the prayer closet and to not retreat until the enemy retreats. Amen. Amen. Do I have enough cord here? What's in that? Um, oh no, that's okay. I, yeah, we got enough here. Um, 
Well, growing up, I I kind of kind of grew up in what I was taught was a revival, and we would go to meetings, and I was you know like. 10 and so it was kind of interesting and kind of boring because I was 10 and <laughs> you know people were laughing and crying and falling and um, you know and, and it, so that was the interesting part and then um, I wasn't so that was the boring part and um, so yeah so when 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 I hear the word revival, sometimes that's what comes to mind is like a lot of meetings and a lot of weird stuff happening and some people getting really into it and some people just watching and, and wondering what in the world's going on and, um, and some people like getting really tired because it's really late and are we going to have another meeting tomorrow because I'm tired. And, <laughs> and so sometimes I think about revival and I'm like, Lord, I don't know. I, I think I'm too busy. I think I'm too tired. And um, just kind of like everyone else was saying, I just feel like the Lord's been saying, like, no, 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 like it's not meetings. It's, it's, it's all the time. It's, it's in your home. It's, and it's just a new way of, of seeing me. It's a new way of knowing who you are. It's a new way of operating in who you are in me. Um, and it's a, it's a revived passion for the things of God and for Jesus himself. And, and it's, and it's not a, a thing, you know, it's a person. It's, it's the person of Jesus. Um, it's not a thing that's going to happen. It's a man that's going to be made, made known in our city and in our nation and in our world. And, um, and that's what I just like have to keep reminding myself, like not to wait for like a thing to happen, but just to know the Lord himself. And, and when we press into him, like revival happens. One other thing that I was, um, I just heard the Lord say today was, um, I felt like he asked me, um, in, uh, in the context of like revival, um, he asked me, are you hungry or are you just bored? And um, I thought about like times where, you know, when you fast and if you fast, well, Jesus says when you fast, so I'm assuming you will fast, but um, like sometimes you sit down and you're like, am I hungry or am I just bored? Like usually I eat right now. Now what am I going to do? <laughs> it's kind of like some, some of it's just boredom and not real hunger. And like the verse Mandy shared about the Lord wants to revive contrite and humble hearts like the lord wants to revive hungry hearts not bored hearts like so so that's the question i think he has for us is like do we just want something exciting to happen or are we are we at a point where we're just desperate for the lord to move um are we just hungry for more um and i have to ask myself that for sure like because Sometimes life is really mundane, and, and I just want revival. You know, I want something new and exciting. But really, like, the Lord just wants us to hunger for, for him. So. I don't know. That's my answer. Now. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> okay. All right. Um. You know, I, I don't know if I can say in, in full what revival is. Maybe I could speak a little bit about what I think this one is. But I, it, a lot of what I've seen in revival is where people are they're they're going for it and they they have good intentions and they they love they love the Lord they love Jesus and uh, but something about it is just it's like it's it's not enough and the the, the sovereign hand of the Lord comes in and like pushes them the rest of the way up the hill to, to get them there, to get them to that place. and to So I just, I think a lot about what, what is it that Peoria is aiming for, what is it a lot that a lot of cities are aiming for, and uh, a lot of what I hear is that we want, uh, we want unity among the churches, and if we have unity, then power is going to go forth. And, um, and I, I think that, that that that's a really great desire that we would be unified. But I feel like when I read John 17, I, I hear the Lord saying uh, 
that that church unity with that I'm, uh, that you're that you're wanting is sort of secondary. It's almost as if we've we've put the cart before the ox. And when you you read that again and again and again, I see that it's not. Jesus isn't praying first and foremost that we are one in ourselves. He's praying that we would be one with the Father as I am one with the Father. And you say, well, we're one with the Father because of Jesus. No, we have access to the Father because of Jesus. Okay, and if we want to follow that logic, then because of Jesus, He's in us, and then we would already be one, and so there'd be no reason to pray in the first place. We would already have it. When Jesus, when He, when when He comes, and and He is coming. In in a, in, a, in a climaxed fashion, he's here, he's coming. Um, when the when when the when his answer is uh, when his prayer is answered, and the, and the Father brings that oneness that we want, it's it's going to set off that Elijah spirit where the the fathers are coming after their children again. It's going to happen simultaneously, and it'll happen first to the church, and then it's going to it's going to spread throughout the city. And that that's what he wants, and I think deep down inside, that's that's what we all want, and we're just looking for the language to uh, to pray. And and I think I think that that's where it's at. I would say that's that's where my prayers are. It's a, that's my answer. <laughs> We've got just uh, a few minutes, and then I want to share a couple things. But um, any other thoughts from the panel? Uh, maybe someone was saying something, and you're like, yeah, that is this. And I just want to give uh, another opportunity. Does anybody here just sit, you want to chime in on something else or say revival isn't something, or, or did you guys get it all out? Okay. We squeezed you dry, I guess. This is all good perspective. I didn't know my wife was going to talk about the people that she's raising from the dead literally doing CPR, but that was cool. You know what, Rachel, we're going to see the dead raised. Sometimes we're going to do CPR. And we're just going to bring them right back and we're going to lead them to Jesus. Come on. Praise God for nurses. Amen. Doctors. They're really doing revival. Okay, let me share real quick... um, I've got a few thoughts here. Um, the question we're asking tonight and that we've been answering on this panel is what kind of revival are we believing for? And, and first of all, I would just say take that question with you and take that to your prayer closet and just talk to the Lord on your own time and just say, God, what have you called me to believe for in my, in my family, in my workplace, in you know, my area? You know, what What are you doing? Because I want to get in on that. And, you know, six years ago, the Lord answered a prayer of my heart, which is, God, if you want me to do house of prayer, you just got to give me a building and I'll do it. And that, and that prayer was answered pretty freaky fast. It was kind of Jimmy John's answer. And I'm like, Lord, you're serious. And so me and Mandy doing this is kind of our way of saying, God, this is our little thing that we're going to do to obey in to be a part of what you're doing. You know, there's thousands of things going on in the city, but this is our way of saying, God, we're fully in. If you, if you said do it, we'll do it. But whatever you're called to do, it's just a spiritual. Just take that question like, Lord, how can I participate in the revival you're wanting to bring about? Two things I want to just highlight. Because uh, some of you know I've been teaching on Nehemiah for the last four weeks. I'm going to do one more teaching next, uh, next Friday. Bless you, Rachel and family. You guys are amazing. You're doing it. You're a spiritual mom. You got your kids here. You got your husband halfway across the world. You are doing it. We bless you. Bless the Allen family, God. Hallelujah. Okay. That was my first point. <laughs> what a family. Oh, I love the family. Love the Allens. Bless them. As we've been going through Nehemiah, 
there's an incredible lesson on revival. The Old Testament revival. So, so we think of Acts 2 when we think of revival. We think of that. So the New Testament revival we always talk about, that's Acts chapter 2 and then the book of Acts. But a lot of people don't think of the Old Testament version. That's the book of Nehemiah. And in the book of Nehemiah, they are coming back from exile and they're rebuilding the temple and they're rebuilding the, the city pretty much. I mean, everything's just broken down, and they start rebuilding the wall for safety, and they start rebuilding the temple. And when they do, a huge revival breaks out, and they uh, literally every person that's come back to Jerusalem is in a huge gathering of about 50,000, give or take, people, and God just hits them. And so, and in that revival, there is a significant uh, marked event, and and that is they decide to go back to God's word again. It is one of the most decisive and clear, like revival markers in biblical history that I think we we need to get more familiar with. They had been exiled because of their unfaithfulness, and now God's brought them back. Jeremiah 29, I'm going to bring you back and I'm going to prosper you and you're going to live and there's going to be this and that. But they make a clear decision. We repent and we're now going to live according to the word of God and we are going to read it and we are going to know it and we are going to do it. And so that, to me, as we see culture go whack, because that's what culture is going to do, But there's a shift in the church that I think we have to continue. Me as a leader, as a shepherd, I have to be faithful to bring this to a forefront because I think it's this significant. The Word of God has to be central to our life as a Christian. Otherwise, we have no bearing. If we're just doing whatever we think, we're going to end out way either in extreme legalism or extreme liberalism. What they did in this revival in Nehemiah is they said, we are going to follow the law. Whatever God says in his word, we are doing it. And I think this is, this is so critical. And I think when we have the word at the center of community, then prophetic gets its fullness. If, if we don't have the word central, then we just kind of get a little hokey. And so I just want to say, this was, this was the main thing that happened in Israel's Old Testament revival, and it's actually the main thing that happened in the New Testament revival, because when the Holy Spirit fell, what did Peter preach? The Bible. <laughs> he, he didn't just say whatever he wanted. He's like, guys, this was written in the book of Joel. We are, we are literally living the Bible right now. And so, guys, I, I would say this, uh, you know... We, we have to make sure that we are committed at the highest level to the Word of God and to a devotional life and to knowing Jesus in that secret place. If that goes out the window, we have nothing. You know what I mean? And I know there's a spirituality that's emerging that has prophetic language that's, that, has, that is not in the Bible. And, and, and let me say that differently. People who, who, they're not strong in the word. But guys, here's the thing. It's the truth that sets us free. The Holy Spirit leads us to truth. So we got to know the word. And so when I think of revival, you know, someone says, Derek, what do you think of revival? I think of the word of God becoming so central, not legalism, not so strict about the Bible that the Holy Spirit doesn't have room because that doesn't even make sense. The, whole, the Bible describes that the Holy Spirit is going to actually teach us the Bible. I'm starting to preach now. Sorry. I got to go finish this. Curtis, you are my number one fan. I appreciate that. A recommitment. Number one, what's revival? We, we do what in the Bible when there was revival, they recommitted to God's word. Hey, whatever you will tell us, God will do it. Because, guys, what's the ultimate point? Why does God give us his word? Because he wants to bless us. Guys, the Bible, the New Testament, the Old Testament, the words of Scripture, God is not trying to control our life because he's a control freak. He's saying, if you guys will do this, your life will reach fullness. You'll actually be blessed. In fact, when Jesus preached the Sermon on the Mount, what did he say? Here's a bunch of ways to be blessed. 
Blessed if you mourn, blessed if you're meek, blessed if you're persecuted for righteousness' sake. The whole thing is, guys, I'm just trying to give you a way that you could enter into blessing. Because my Father wants you to have the most fullness in your life. And what we think is, no, I want to do whatever I want because that's freedom. It's actually not freedom. This book is freedom, not the legalism interpretation of it. But when we do it in the spirit, like the spirit of the New Testament, the Holy Spirit's interpretation of this book leads us to have joyous hearts in obeying, which is my second point here. Number one, what's revival? We have the word of God is so premier in our life. We get up, we want to read it. We go to bed, we want to read it. It's just a part of our life. It's kind of like some of the comments I've been hearing. It's, it's, we think of prayer as just, it's just a continual thing. It's the word of God is just a part of who we are. I want to say this with a little more strength, guys. There, there really is no Christianity without the Bible. And I don't ever want to get to a point where we're, we're uh, so in another, uh, we're so spiritual that this book does not have prominence. And I actually, I feel like I'm, I'm like an old guy now because I actually bring my Bible to things. I actually go to prayer meetings, I open my Bible. And, I, and sometimes there will be like no one in the prayer meeting with a Bible. And here's the thing. Well, I got it on my phone, Derek. But here's the thing, guys. You're not, you're not on your Bible when you're on your phone. You're doing something else. Anyway, so I'm moving on. Bring your Bible. Read, Guys, we used to bring our Bibles in pouches to church. I still do it. You should do it. Okay. That's not an iPad case? Yeah, yeah no, it's not an iPad. Oh. Well, well, it is an iPad case. I just put my Bible in it. Oh, gosh. Um, moving on. This, it's what they're, they're, they're Bible cases that people put their iPad in. Yeah. You guys hear my heart. Number two, joyful obedience. In, in the book of Nehemiah, they began to lament so hardcore. And the leaders actually had to step in and say, guys, this is not a time to mourn. This is revival. In fact, the famous verse the joy of the Lord is your strength. That's what the leaders said to the people. They were in such mourning because it just dawned on them. A whole generation had been exiled because of their disobedience to the word. They're so grieved that their kids had to go through all this exile, living in Babylon, city destroyed. And now it's all clicking and they're just, they're wailing. And the leaders step in and say, this is actually a season of great gladness. It says in Nehemiah 8, 17, that, that God granted to them great gladness. I don't think revival is supposed to be austere or have an angry spirit to it. Uh, a lot of people present revival as like, God's angry. This is serious. We need to repent. And there's such an off spirit about it. When I really think, when I see the book of Nehemiah, the Old Testament revival and the New Testament revival, there is a spirit of gladness. There is rejoicing. There is just an explosion of worship at the highest level. And it's just how it is. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, the Holy Spirit hit, and they were so happy. What were the people saying? You're, you're drunk. Which is really funny. Peter then says, Guys, it's not even the hour to be drinking yet, as if they all had this hour that they went drinking regularly, which I just, I think it's a funny comment. They were so happy that people thought they were drunk. They're speaking in tongues. They're just, breakthroughs happening. There is a real joy that accompanies a revival people. They're in the word. They're full of the spirit. They're happy about it. They're not walking around angry. They're not, they're not bitter about everything that went wrong in their life. They're, there's just a joy. In fact, one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. If, if the Spirit's in something, there's going to be joy. There's going to be the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, goodness, all of that. Joy second on that list. So what is revival? There's so much to it, gang. There, there is so much we could say. But as I've been teaching Nehemiah, we got to have that word central in our life. No condemnation. Maybe you haven't been in the Bible in a year. Just start reading it. The more I read it, the more I'm like, I don't know what I'm reading. I mean, I, I've read this Bible so many times, and the more I read it, I'm like, wow, I didn't get that before, and I'm learning so much still to this day. I've been reading it for 20 years. 
Let's recommit to the word and let's sign up for a revival that's a happy revival where people actually want to come to church. Where not everybody is kind of, kind of side-eyed and hokey and, and mad and I can't believe. No, we're, we're just glad. We're full of the spirit. There's a, there's a spirit of rejoicing. And guys, even in a revival community, bad things happen. And we, you know what? It's okay to mourn in that. It's okay. We got to mourn as well. But there is an abiding joy when the spirit's on a people. Last thing I want to say, um, gosh, this is going long. I apologize. It took way too much time. Um, this, this, I feel like I need to close with this. I have this written down last. Uh, there are many who I have come to know over the years. I've had conversations with a lot of people. They're just really disillusioned about revival in general. Um, in fact, they've given up on the whole idea of it. Maybe that's some of you in this room. You're just like, whatever, revival, I'll, I'll go to that thing. But, but there are a lot of people who are dear to me that I really love who are just super dis- disillusioned because... They think revival is like, okay, all these prophets have been saying revival for my whole life and it's never happened like they said it would. And so it's all a big lie. Can you relate to what I'm saying? They're thinking the only possible revival is the big one where like Jesus returns. When in reality, we have it to a measure right now and it's real that we can walk in. And that's what I'm talking about. We can have Bible at the center joyous breakthrough in our personal lives, in our hearts, like that new Bethel song about revival. It's about a condition of the heart. We can actually walk in that right now. In fact, the Lord wants a remnant that walks in a measure of it so people know it's possible. I want that in my life. I want my wife to have it and my kids and the ministry here and at your church. I want there to be like, whoa, there's some fire here. It's real. It's not just good music. It's Jesus is showing up consistently. Like, I want that. And we can really have that. But when people are thinking it's only the massive breakthrough where the whole city saved, they signed up for that when they heard all the prophecies and they haven't seen that. So now they're disillusioned. I don't really know what to say to that crowd other than that's not all. We can have a measure and a spirit of that tonight. We can go for it and ask for it and, and walk in at more tomorrow and the next day and the next day while believing for that huge citywide breakthrough where the whole world's like, whoa, what's going on in central Illinois? So that's what I would say. Maybe my words are just kind of addressing that spirit over our city and that's I'm okay with that. Maybe... maybe just us sharing tonight's going to help bring that that barrier down but there's so many people i feel like they need to sign up for it it can happen in your own heart we can in fact what's so beautiful about the god of the bible is that he sends revival to his people who are you, you couldn't imagine how how backslidden they were i mean israel got to a point where they were sacrificing their children to false gods that's how backslidden they were and yet he revived them. And so no matter where we're at, we could be far gone from the Lord. I mean, revival is supposed to bring back all of these people. The prodigals who've been gone for 10, 20 years. The pastors who've quit. The, the, the marriages that have disintegrated. Revival is supposed to heal this stuff. I think, Jared, you mentioned, uh, what was the word you called it? Uh, restoration. Revival is like Restoration. Man, we need to see that stuff. So if you're in your heart, maybe a little pain by like, man, Lou Engle said that, and Mike Bickle said that, and Bill Johnson said that, and I don't see it. Let me help you understand this. It's not just one or the other. It, we have to understand. We're believing for huge breakthrough, but on the way there, it's now. We can have a measure tonight. We can have a little more tomorrow, a little more the next day. We can walk in this stuff. You can be a fireball on your college campus and bring people to Jesus like a Todd White, laying hands on people, being that crazy person. We can, we can be that by the grace of God if we want it. It's open to anybody. The people that Jesus picked were just like us. They were folk doing their jobs. And all of a sudden, they're turning their world upside down. Why not believe for that? Why not believe? Why? I mean, we get one life. We get one shot. I want to believe all the way for my life and for your life. 
We've got to get another worship team up here. <laughs> team, come on up. <laughs> Panel, bless you. Thanks for enduring that mini-sermon. I always go longer than I should. Pastor Eric and the team from Trinity is going to be getting uh, ready here. As they transition, this is what we're going to do. Team, come on up. We're going to get in small groups. Twos and threes. Maybe a four. I just want everybody who's not on the team, we're just going to get into little groups here. So just identify someone near you. Two or three, just someone in your row. Yeah, in the back there. And this is what we're going to do. We're just going to take a moment to pray. We're just going to take a moment to pray. God, give us your heart for what you're doing in our city. Maybe you just want to pray something that's on your heart. Team, just feel free to kind of, just for a minute, just kind of play quietly. We're just going to have a prayer time here. Again, connect with someone right next to you. We're going to pray together. We're family here. We're friends. We're brothers and sisters. Let me just say a quick prayer. Father, we're not the best and we're not the brightest, but here we are available. We want to walk in all that is possible. And we've been talking revival tonight, Lord. I pray for that. That there would be a revival that would touch my own life, God. And that those gathered in this building and that those who've tuned in online, those who will hear this recording, that there would just be a fresh flame that would touch hearts. Lord, we're sorry that we've chosen the business as usual Christianity. We turn from that... we turn to You, Lord. We know that there's a fire that we can have on the inside. Not, not something that we conjure up, but something that You give by grace. We just ask for that fresh fire on our hearts tonight. Just begin to ask Him personally. Use Your own words. Let's just pray together for a minute or two.